Welcome back in another edition of the College Football News Podcast. Maybe the best week of college football has come and gone, and we're here to react to all of it and everything that comes from it. It's Nick Shepkowski, Pete Futek with you, as always, here on the CFN Podcast. What's going on, Pete? Well, it's we're in the haze now. Now we get to get into the, the theoretical fun. This is the fun time of year. And I know people, yeah, I, I like the people like, well, let's just wait and see how it plays out. And the whole if, if, if battle. No, there's no fun in that. We have to come up with wild, wacky, hypothetical scenarios that will never happen, but just might, just so we can make everybody all mad. Yeah, that's what we're here for. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to start it off with the college football playoff. And depending, it doesn't matter what the rankings say on Tuesday night. We have our own theories of what's going to happen because you already had number three and number four lose this past week from the initial polls and in the college football playoff rankings that come out. And I'm not convinced that we're necessarily done seeing one through four lose this year yet in those either. Yeah, you know, if you look at the history of how, you know, it always kind of works out. There's always some bizarre outlier that you're never going to see coming. Like, there's always just something quirky. That I think, for example, I think Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma. It's one of those games that historically, you know, we've seen Oklahoma struggle uh, throughout this, you know, this part of the year, and just got lucky at the end against uh, Iowa State. Had pro- obviously lost to Kansas State, and you kind of see the the wheels are coming off that defense a little bit. That seems like one of those games that they could lose. Uh, certainly, Baylor's going to get tagged at some point here by either Texas or Oklahoma. They sure as heck have been trying the last couple of weeks and been escaping by the skin of their teeth. Exactly, and Minnesota gets uh, both Iowa and Wisconsin. So that if they got to win both, they actually don't have to win both. Those. They just have to split against those two. Uh, but there are all sorts of weird scenarios. And, of course, Alabama's go to, got to go to Auburn. Uh, so Auburn's really kind of holds – Auburn and Texas A&M hold a lot of keys here because Auburn gets Georgia this week, gets uh, Alabama at the end of the rainbow – and they can really screw this thing up royally. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm rooting for in all of this. I guess we'll start in the obvious part here. LSU, you run the table. You're clearly going to be the number one team because no one's resume is going to touch yours whatsoever. Or if they lose to a game. It, yeah, well, that's a great hypothetical. If LSU does fall, if it's whether it's the SEC championship game or before that, have they done enough in beating Auburn, in beating Alabama in Alabama's house, the first team to do so in, what, four years, three years since uh, since Alabama's been knocked off there? Say LSU falls before winning an SEC championship game, are they safely in? I think so. I mean, when we start going through all these scenarios here, let's just naturally assume that Clemson is in at 13-0. and 0. It, 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 There's a spot. So we're talking about three spots we got to find for the entire rest of the field. So if LSU, the, the, the only way I can come up with where LSU is out of this, and the key is going to be, can Penn State beat Ohio State? Because then this gets funky fast. Because if Penn State wins out, and it beats Ohio State, and it goes on to win the Big Ten championship, now you, you, you're talking, are you going to leave out Ohio State? You know, if it lost at home to Penn State, well, what about Alabama? It lost at home to LSU. You know, so there's going to be a whole lot of uh, interesting theoretical scenarios here. But for LSU to be left out, you'd have to have Baylor would have to win out. You would have to have uh, Georgia winning the SEC championship, Ohio State, and Clemson. There, there you're in, because I believe 12-1 LSU probably gets in over Oklahoma. It's 12-1, probably gets over a Pac-12 champion. But new precedents here. 
because what we haven't had yet in the five years of the college football playoff is a 12-1 and Power 5 conference champion being left out for someone who didn't win its conference championship other than the Notre Dame outlier of last year, which was a 12-0 and undefeated team. They had to put them in. But we haven't seen the committee say, you know what, we think you 11-1 and Alabama is better than you 12-1 and Oregon who won the Pac-12 title. So that you'd see some howling if that happened. Yeah, and I would be I, I'd be all for Oregon in that case getting the step or getting the the bid because I get it. Your goal is finding the four best teams, but what has Alabama's resume? Even if they do run the table and they finish eleven to one with their one loss being a close home defeat against LSU, where is their grand win? A win at Auburn at the end of the year is that more impressive than Oregon? What they've done since falling to Auburn in the last play of the game? Here's the funkiest one. How about, actually, first of all, yeah, you kind of do. There's your out, because if you're the committee and you're trying to come out, well, we're going to get, take this Alabama team who didn't have a resume and we ranked number three in the first rankings, and they beat Auburn at Auburn. Oregon lost to Auburn. There you go. That's, how about Clemson? I mean, if you're talking, if you want to start talking about that, yes, Clemson's undefeated. Yes, Alabama is going to have one loss. But if it's one loss, it's the team to the team that's the be-all, end-all number one. And Clemson didn't have to play LSU or someone like that. Clemson beats Texas A&M at home. Alabama beat Clemson. Beats Texas A&M at Texas A&M. And the win over Auburn, assuming it wins, wins at Auburn. Now you've got a better resume than Clemson's got, but Clemson's going to be 13-0. and But no chance that 13-0 Clemson gets out of this. So I think I just kind of still think we've seen this before. And I'm not saying I'm not stumping for Alabama, but I just we've done this. We did it in two. I'm still screaming about 2011, how they got the rematch against LSU for the BCS championship. We saw this uh, when they got kind of lucked out. They needed a bunch of breaks uh, to play Notre Dame uh, for the national championship. They needed, uh, after they lost to Johnny Manziel late in the year. Yeah, Kansas State to fall. They needed uh, Kansas Kansas State team to be be exposed. And they needed. Oregon. Oregon lost to Stanford, I believe it was. That I believe was yeah 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 that was that year too. So and so there was a really good Oregon team lost to a really good uh, Andrew Luck Stanford team. Uh, so they needed luck, but they got in. They won it. And then two years ago, they needed if Wisconsin goes on, scores on its final drive in the Big Ten championship, Alabama is out, and it got in and went. So they've had three massive massive breaks, and that's why you didn't see Nick Saban go all bat spit crazy. After the game, like you would have thought, he's got like, yeah, we've been here before. We know how this works. We're going to get in. We're going to go eleven and one, and we're going to be the three seed. We're going to win the national championship. Yeah, they just have to root for losses elsewhere, which uh, there's plenty of time left for those to come. Because Ohio State, even if they win the regular season, they're going to be playing a tough team in the conference championship game. Penn State remains on their schedule. Clemson, I think, is a cakewalk. And Clemson, outside of that North Carolina game that likes to get brought up, and oh, they barely escaped Mac Brown. Uh, Clemson is doing exactly to the rest of the ACC what we told everyone they were going to do way back in, I don't know if it was July or August that we recorded that episode, kind of previewing that conference. They are steamrolling everything in existence and in their path. I don't not see 13-0. I don't see them not winning a game by 21 points the rest of the way. Okay, how about Virginia Tech? You know, here's the thing. They're playing better. Not their not Clemson's fault, but they still haven't played anybody. And if yeah, I like how the, the the other Saturday night was like, oh look at Clemson, they're making a statement. NC State's miserable. This is not the NC State of the past few seasons. 
I get it, but if they kept winning by one point or escaping by a field goal or a True. touchdown, that's one thing. They have been. It's the North Carolina game, and that's it. It was all oh, they didn't play well against A and M. Then you look up and yeah, oh yeah, they, were they, fine. they dominated. The right, game. they were in control the entire time. Except for the very end when all of us who had Texas A&M and the points uh, got our wish with that last-second uh, statement thing by Jimbo Fisher. Uh, but the, the, the one thing that could screw this up is the one team that's actually playing really well is Virginia Tech. And if they get through this and somehow win the Coastal, that's a dangerous game. Miami, all of a sudden, has stepped it up. I don't think either team beats Clemson. But if you're saying, okay, where's that game going to come? If Virginia Tech gets into that ACC championship on a roll, Bud Foster, his, you know, his swan song, his defensive coordinator, the team rises up and does something funky. Uh, again, I don't think it happens, but at least that would be some test for the Tigers, finally. Yeah, it would be for Clemson. The problem in all this for me is for if I'm an LSU fan, if I'm an LSU backer, you go into what has been the toughest place to play and walk out with a victory in the last decade in all college football in Alabama. You walk out by hanging a 45 spot or whatever it was on Saturday with a win. You score more points there than have been scored in over 100 years. Why should LSU have to potentially get by Alabama again? You already beat them in their place, in their house, why should they have to beat Alabama again when they already beat them with the cards essentially stacked against them on the road game? Because you're making this theoretical debate that doesn't exist. And it's the same argument from 2011 where, like you said, LSU's schedule, by the way, in 2011 was epic. But also that was also Nick Saban's greatest defensive team. So those two really were the two best teams in college football. But to your point, LSU did that in 2011. They beat just an insane number of elite teams that year. They went into Alabama against arguably the greatest, one of the top five, ten greatest defenses of all time, certainly in the last 40 years statistically, and they squeaked out a 9-6 to win at Alabama. So why should Alabama get its shot in a neutral site game just because? And they did, and they won it. So it really is the college football playoff committee's job is to say, we're going to put in the four best teams. And look, beyond all the deserve factor, which I'm for, I'm, I'm 100% for if you can't win your division, then you should not be playing for the college football playoff national championship. With that said and how this works, the four best teams are easily, easily talent-wise, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. That's like 25% of your upcoming NFL draft. The, 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 the NFL players on that field, I believe it was Matt Miller maybe who was saying that that was like 10% of the NFL draft was on the field at any one time in that game. It was it's just an insane level that no one else is at except maybe Georgia, and it's just, Georgia's just not quite playing like it. Oregon's talented. It's not at that level. Utah's talented. Not at that level. Penn State, not at that level. So the argument really kind of is, as we go forward, Mr. Nick Shepkowski, if we're going to assume that – let's just lock it in. Let's just say Clemson, Ohio State, LSU. We are all pretty much in agreement that those are the three best teams in college football right now. Who's the fourth? Like, right, I mean, you can argue against Alabama, who, by the way, hung up like 500-and-something yards, Tua on a bad ankle through for over 400. The, Najee Harris looked like, you know, the next big giant, you know, thing at the NFL level at running back. You know, yeah, the defense got picked apart, but that's the second time this year that the LSU defense has been hit for over 400 yards through the air. So if it's not Alabama, 
Stump, who's your who's your fourth team? Well, that's a part of it. It's is it Alabama in terms of NFL talent? Yeah, it absolutely is. But it goes back to what makes college football great. What do college football diehards always fall back on? Oh, its regular season is better than any competitive regular season you're going to see for any other sport, professional or college wise. If it's the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Alabama, you deserve your shot. But the regular season, to me, works differently in deciding who gets to that college football okay, playoff. See, I'm 100% with you, but that's not how it is. There's, there's what, it, what we want it to be, and that there's, there's what a lack, it is. Yeah, there's so a lack of consistency it is, with it, what, how they have done it, though. The fourth, if it's just purely on the four best teams in college football right Which now. what the playoff committee has to do. It's LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama to me. Yeah, that's what it is to me, and I think that there's a from. Yeah, I think it does. Like I would, that might be what they say if it has to find your best four. But to me, it's I don't care what I'm supposed to find. Alabama, you had your chance, and you need help at this point in order to get back there. You need one of those teams ahead of you to fall because if Oregon runs the table or if Utah runs the table and ends up winning the Pac-12, having the 12 wins in that then that is more deserving to me than of having a chance to win on your home field and not doing so against a team that's in the college football playoff. Unless Alabama annihilates Auburn, then the, then it's over. If Alabama beats Auburn at Auburn by, like, you know, 30, or they just come out and just house them, uh, then it's over. I don't care. It's it, and the committee's just gonna be like, forget it. You know, I don't care what anybody else did. You know, the, the, because it, it's because it's Alabama clause, which I, again I railed on two years ago. I like. There's no way you could put Alabama. In, I still say Ohio State deserved it because one of their losses was to an Oklahoma team that was in the college football playoff, and the other one was like just by the, the skin of their teeth kind of lucky moment. Uh, I thought Ohio State deserved to be in. Uh, they won their big. Championship and Alabama didn't win its championship, so I am with you. It sucks, but again, it's if you're a fan though, it, that 2017 national championship. Do you feel like that's illegitimate? Do you feel like you were gypped at all because of it? I I don't. I mean, I kind of feel like okay, Alabama won it. Yeah, they they. You're right. They did. And was it which year was it that Ohio State didn't win their conference yet ended up going? Was that 2016? I yeah. want to say that they ended up getting and then got blanked by Clemson in their playoff game. Yep. It's just yes, that game was obviously great. That playoff was two of your three games were as good as you're ever going to find in college football, almost damn near history, let alone college football playoff history. But when you know, the Rose Bowl with Georgia and Oklahoma, the Baker Mayfield comeback that was one for the ages, and then the title game with the Georgia and Alabama and that that came down to overtime and the walk-off on what was it, third and, or second and 18? Or... At second and 26, I believe two, they celebrated every two and 26 because I have the video of me standing right there. I could have tackled Devontae Smith and every year seems to pop up around then. So, uh, yeah, but that was the moment. But that's, that's it. So the, the argument is, unlike the college uh, basketball national title, where you can win, finish seventh in your conference, get hot for three weeks, and win the national title, or hockey, where or it was a, you know, even baseball this year, where you, know, you had a wild card, where you had their big, you know, those nationals were a pitch away from getting knocked out of the wild card round, much less uh, go on to win the, the World Series. There's no such thing really as a cheap college football national championship. 
championship because even if you get there, no matter how you got there, it's not like you're playing Cupcake Central. You know, you're not getting, you know, the George Mason in your final four of this sort of thing. So you're going to get someone nasty unless you get, you know, Michigan State of a couple years ago, uh, Washington of a couple years ago. You know, so th- there's, there's something to be said for, yeah, Minnesota, I love you. I grew up there. I would love to see you go to the college football playoff national championship. Do I really need to see you get annihilated 63-10 to 10 by LSU? Not really. But, you know, it would be fun to see you get there. In terms of just a great game, yeah, an LSU-Alabama rematch in the, down there in the Peach Bowl, yeah, let's go. Sure enough, that year that you're talking about in 2017, I guess it's just different because Ohio State wins your Big Ten and what ends up happening with them, they had two losses. So there wasn't really, Wisconsin was coming off of the loss in that game, in the Big Ten championship game. There wasn't that other one-loss team that was fresh off of a victory to knock on the door and take away a playoff spot from Alabama this year. And you're right, there you have plenty of time for it to sort itself out and for that to happen. I'm not saying that Oregon's going to run the table. I'm not saying Utah's going to win, run the chan- run the table and take care of business that way. But there is, as of right now, it's setting up to have that one lost team from the Pac-12. And it's just, I know that we've sat here and we've probably ripped on the Pac-12 in big games and in big moments as much as anyone that that's that out there to do it. Why be considered? Why call them even a Power Five team if they're not going to get treated like one? Here's the problem, and I'm kind of, I'm with you. I actually think uh, Utah might have if if Al, we're assuming that Alabama is beating Auburn. Uh, if that happens, right. then the committee's going to have a better argument if Utah wins the Pac-12 title. Uh, but where are the big giant wins outside of the conference for the Pac-12? I mean. You ask that question for three years and come up empty. Yeah, and that's kind of the. I mean, that's kind of why it's stupid and dumb. But you know what, Oregon? I know they lost in the last second, but you still lost. You know, that's. Where's the you know, Joker? Where's the weenie? Where, where's the win? Where's the big giant thing that we're all supposed to gush over uh, because it just isn't there for the conference? Yeah, it's what we've kind of looked at and tried to figure out. I just. I get it. I I understand it. If it's the four best teams, Alabama sure as hell is in that conversation. So, as a football to me. fan, would you rather see Utah in or Alabama? I, I mean, if it's just solely for that game, I'd rather see Alabama. But is it for to make the regular season matter more? Then it's Utah that I want to see because I, I think that's what makes this sport as great as any sport that's out there. Is that week one through week fourteen or fifteen matters just the same? And if Alabama's loss doesn't matter quite like that, and they don't win their conference, then the tournament to get to essentially the tournament to me is non-existent and irrelevant. And well, I don't like that idea. The theoretical debate then becomes: Well, there's Minnesota and there's Baylor. So for all the you know, at the very beginning, actually, and actually, the theoretical debate also could be said: There's LSU. Because at the very beginning of the season, I kind of said, you know, said this all summer long, where it's like we don't need to have even play the season. We know who the four best teams are. We know it's Ohio State. We know it's Alabama. We know it's Clemson. And we know talent-wise, we know it's Georgia, with LSU and Oklahoma kind of on the outside. So the, the kind of debate could be, well, we had the regular season, and now we know it's LSU, and it's not necessarily Georgia. So in that way, it kind of weeded itself out a little bit. But it's the thing that kind of stinks about this is that it just 
doesn't set itself up for any sort of Cinderella thing to happen. And it's I, I, I'm not going to start getting into this now. We can talk about the, you know, what should the playoff be thing later, uh, because it does think that realistically 80 teams come into the season and know right now that they have no shot next season, you know, without even playing a down. But that's where it kind of, you know, it's not fun where we just kind of know these teams have all the talent, but Minnesota, you're right there. You know, they remember Iowa a couple years ago, they had it if they come up with one stop against Michigan State. Iowa's in the college football playoff, and they get, they get mm-hmm. blown out by 95 by Alabama. Yeah, instead of getting blown out, was it the Rose Bowl that year where Christian, Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey just decided, decided off, yeah. that, hey, uh, I'm going to treat you like I like to treat uh, defenses from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers much, and yeah. do everything that I want against you. Uh, well, well, you got brought it up with Minnesota and Baylor there. Um, I was kind of thinking this week, after both of them – escape with victories in their 11 a.m. games. Like, wow, Minnesota football, 9-0, first time in 105 years or 115 years that's happened. I was at that game, by the way, 105 years ago. Yeah, Yeah. what was it like covering that? Yeah. (laughs) Um, When you were like, when you're in your dynasty 10 years ago in NCAA football, and it's like, wow, Minnesota and Baylor undefeated, what's the glitch in this game? Where are Matt Rule and P.J. Fleck going to be in three years from now? Can I say this? And and I'm always shocked I've never been, like, called on this. I actually used to help design those video games. I, I created the player rankings for the glitch. Did you really? Yes, I've got it in my basement right here. I've got re, just stacks of old video games. Do you have a, a NCAA 14 by chance for PlayStation 3? Mine, I, I mine has disappeared in moving, and uh, they've not made one since then. I will, I will bring you one next time I see whatever I've got. But the glitch, well, actually, to get on a side note, was Army. Because if you could figure out that Army's option attack, and you ran this, there's like three plays that were absolutely unstoppable. That so the Army option, you could win a national championship with that every single year the way it was designed. So it worked for Army, but it didn't work the same way for Air Force or for Navy. No, not really. Well, you, actually, to be honest, I don't know if it was because Army had, was really all about the. Uh, the the run even more than Navy at that time because Navy was trying to it, that year they tried to use something with a quirky passing game and everything else but I think it was Army only had was just pure <laughs> uh, rushing so it, it, you could just dominate with those teams back in that but anyway but I digress but to your point yeah it's Minnesota being there right now. All right, so what do you do with them going forward? You know, it's right there for them. I mean, Wisconsin, again, they had it. Wisconsin was 12-0 and two years ago, and they had the puck on their stick, and all they had to do was score late against Ohio. Look at you, Mr. Minnesota, the state of hockey, making an appearance. I know, and they right, they were right there, and, you know, Ohio State came up with a stop, and that was it. So, so now if you're Minnesota, you've got to beat Iowa, because if you beat Iowa, that's pretty much it. You're in. You are. You, you're still there. You still have a shot. So you, even at eleven and one, even if you lose to Wisconsin, which that game wouldn't matter at that point, if you beat Ohio State and you're twelve and one Big Ten champion, in, in without even questioning. Yeah, they, they're in easily there. Just twelve and two Minnesota with losses against, say, yeah. Iowa, and or say they split Iowa and Wisconsin. In their three remaining games, they uh, Northwestern. They'll they well, that'd be like the one thing Northwestern actually executes and wins this year. Just just to mess things up and screw things up. But say it's a eleven and two Minnesota team. They're out. They're out of the playoff. But are they still going to the Rose Bowl? Yeah, because they're probably over Penn State, who'd have two losses. 
That's and that they beat head though, to head. If you talk about, yeah, I guess they would be. Uh, they, they have to be ranked. But um, yeah, if you talk to Minnesota like, people, like the fans, the Gopher fans, they're realistic enough to like not even dream about the college football. Like that, they just beat Penn State. Like basically, they just sold out their place for the first time since 2006. So let's start with that, mm-hmm. and then yay, we beat Penn State. And then wait a minute, we might actually be going to the Big Ten championship if we can beat Iowa or win the Paul Bunyan Axe game. Uh, and then after that, wait a minute, we could go. The Rose Bowl, like the idea of the college football playoff, they might be like talking about the moon. You know, that doesn't even exist right now. So, but the concept of going Pasadena and going out there for that for Minnesota, and that's it's, that's great. You know, that's kind of the the, the only positives about bowl games. You know, the, the exhibitions. It's the fatal the glitch in the system is that the, the exhibition games in college football are at the end. But for a Minnesota program. They would they they'd bring the house there. They would bring everyone. So uh, that would probably be where they would probably belong. But again, there's only what are we talking about now? Seven teams now that absolutely control their own destinies. And they're uh, one and, of them. Yeah, that's one of them. Minnesota, Penn State, Ohio State. There's three of them in the Big Ten. Yeah, that's Pete Futek. I'm Nick Shepkowski, College Football News Podcast. Minnesota not been to the Rose Bowl since going in back-to-back years at the end of the uh, 1960 and 1961 seasons where they won one of them against UCLA. They lost the other against Washington. By you were way, probably there covering those two. didn't play anybody. I mean, those old Minnesota teams that won, somehow won mythical national championships back when nobody actually knew anything about who played whom, uh, those teams just played a fat load of nothing <laughs> and just, just, just built up these big, massive records, and somehow they, they had one game every year against Michigan when they'd win like 3 nothing or something, and that was always enough to give them a national championship. Hey, whatever, whatever works. I mean, just ask Central Florida, who I don't know what they were doing this past weekend, but uh, you want a national championship, pretty much just draw one up and you can claim it and... Uh, only a certain amount of people will question you on it. So yeah, from th- thanks that, Alabama for that, by the way. That that that's the real legacy of that 2000 right. Alabama team. For appreciate that one, you know, Crimson Tide. Thanks, College Football Playoff Committee. Yeah, that don't know what the heck they were thinking there. Okay, so when we break this all down, if we're doing best teams on it, and that's what technically is supposed to be done, then yes, Alabama's in. But I'm protesting that because I just don't like the idea of uh, making the regular season think, not matter that much. I still think at the end of the day, go 12-1, and one, win your Power 5 Conference Championship, and then let everything start out. We still have not seen, and I keep saying this as the one caveat, we, we have gone through a, a really nice, uh, peaceful era of college football championships. We've, we've been, we haven't had any really scary things happen, anything really to, to, throw, anything to throw off the matrix. We have not had that, you know, Virginia Tech beats Clemson in the ACC championship. We have not had, you know, the quirky 10-2 and two Wisconsin drops Ohio State or something you know, something weird has yet to happen to make the college football com- playoff committee actually work it a little bit. They've had they've had to make some calls. They've had to make some you know interesting things. You know, but they've basically stayed right in their lane and say we like conference championship, power five conference championships first and foremost. And the one time that didn't work is again last year. Go twelve and one, win your power five conference championship, and so far you are in the college football playoff except for last year's Ohio State. So. Pac-12 conference champ, 
12 and 1, especially if it's 11 and 1 Oregon versus 11 and 1 Utah, at that point I think there'd be a groundswell of hype. And I know the playoff committee does not care about what the public thinks. It has, it did, it has nothing to do with anything. Uh, but I think at that point, the, yeah, then there's a shot for the Pac-12. I think Oklahoma is the cooked team. I just there's nothing there in the Big 12 this year. There's Texas is just eh. You know, Baylor. right? But what if Baylor? What if Baylor's only losses at the end of the year are twice to Oklahoma, once, uh, once this week, and once in the Big Twelve championship? Yeah, well, then that's they're in the Sugar Bowl, but they're not in the College Football Playoff championship uh, or College Football Playoff. But that that's out. So basically, we we have to know we need to to whittle this down a little bit. But we know probably if there's four teams that are there, if we're assuming that it's Clemson, if we're assuming it's you know Big Ten champion, SEC champion, and let's say Pac-12 champion, and they're all either undefeated or 12 and one, it might be just that cut and dry. I suppose it could be. It's just it's. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of debate there still to be had. I don't think Oklahoma, like, if they're able to beat Baylor twice, I think they're very much alive in that conversation coming off of a conference championship win. I just, I, I don't look at it and think that, yes, in my head with the eye test, the old famous eye test, Alabama is clearly one of the four best teams in the country. But with what's going to be done and how we've seen teams just bounce up because of what they do in a conference championship setting and the impression that's left there, all of a sudden, all right, this team's sexier or this team, yeah, well, maybe they are actually better than Alabama because they finished with a 12-1 and mark on there. I'm not convinced that Alabama, I think if you're right, if they go to Auburn and they win by, win handily, three touchdown, four touchdown win in dominating fashion and, and they finish with just their one loss, you're probably right that they get in. Not that I like it or that I agree with it, but I don't think it's that cut and dry. I think that if it's a close game against Auburn and they survive and they, they win it, that Oregon or Utah, whoever wins that with one loss is getting in. I don't think Oklahoma's ship has quite sailed yet, even though they tried to give it away this last well, weekend either. Well, let me either. throw this little wrinkle in there, too. And I know we don't do politics on the College Football News podcast. We're a stick-to-sports podcast because we just are. But if you want to Unless we politics, get our guy Ryan Fowler back. Exactly, yeah, and the great economy in Alabama. By the way, you notice how Alabama was cruising right along, and all of a sudden they introduced Trump and then two of fumbles, and then they have... Muffed punt and all that stuff. Anyway, I did that. But uh, it, what, Reggie Bush, all of a sudden, they asked what happened to what happened to Alabama football, and he just said Donald Trump showed up. That's pretty much exactly what just happened. But uh, in politics world, watch the politicking that's going to go on, where all of a sudden two is more hurt than we we that than was let on. There's going to be something that comes out now. The belief that the the fan bases are going to say, well, if you're out there, you're good enough to go, you're good enough to play, and that's good enough. But watch this say, well, you know what? Tua just threw for over 400 yards, but his ankle is probably 60%. And then a couple of weeks later, I'd say, okay, the ankle's getting better. And all of a sudden against Auburn, there's the Tua that we know. He's running, you know, everything's hitting, he's clicking on all his passes, he's hitting everything. And all of a sudden, there's the Tua. You know, and then the, the, the argument, the talking point becomes, well, you know, yeah, they lost to, you know, LSU, but Tua was wasn't really himself. There's the Tua that, you know, he's ready to roll now. Look what we just did at Auburn. That's a factor. That's what the playoff committee can use. The playoff committee will use anything it can get to put in the teams that it wants to put in. He's Pete Vutek. I'm Nick Shepkowski. I think we've solved exactly what's going to go on with the college football playoff and the rankings. No need to even tune in on uh, on Tuesday night to see when they're unveiled on the special show there. 
Uh, before we get out of here on this episode of the College Football News Podcast, one of my all-time favorite college football players, an untimely passing today, 38 years old, Michigan State legend. Yes, people will remember him for being a bust in the NFL, but he will go down as, at least at this point in my life, he's probably on my list of 10 favorite college football players I've ever watched. And speaking none other than Charles Rogers, the former dominating, absolutely As good as I've seen at the collegiate level, receiver for Michigan State for the two years that he was there, didn't work out for him in the NFL, had his off-the-field issues that uh, forced him from the league too early, but man, 38 years old, you see that, and it's... That's that's too young for, for, for Charles Rogers to be passing. Yeah, it certainly is. And I got to interview him several times when he was at Michigan State. And, you know, always good to talk to, always interesting. Always actually like to talk football and like to talk about, you know, I mean, he, was, he wasn't necessarily just the all-hype type of guy who, you know, would just sit there and just pump himself up. And he just wanted to talk a lot, you know, what the coming season was going to be and the team, the team, the team with him. So, uh, but you're right. I mean, talent-wise, uh, he was about as close to his can't miss a guy as I thought there was. I mean, that was, it, he, he just had everything. He was the, an elite athlete, had everything you want in an NFL prospect. Obviously, it just didn't work out. To twist this to a positive note and turn about you know, favorite players and favorite guys of all time that could possibly do something big and crazy, my favorite college football player of all time, it's not Jamel Holloway, the old Oklahoma uh, option quarterback. It is absolutely Deion Sanders. There was no bigger Deion fan than I uh, when he was really rocking it at Florida State. I was all in on every Deion and Deion related. I know he'd be a complete disaster of a head coach. Oh, I don't sign care. me up for it at Florida State. Florida State then, if if that's going to be the case, like if you're that sold that he's going to be awful, I tend to be with you. Uh, sign me up for it because I would love to see Dion just fall on his face. I didn't just I I was too young for Dion at Florida State, so I got like Dion Cowboys is what I remember, and just those Cowboys teams were so dislikable for me that uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him flop in that set. Since you brought it up, though, who is Florida State's next head coach? We went through the the Bob Stoops thing that he quickly said, yeah, I'm shooting a commercial down here and drinking a lot of tequila. Leave my ass alone and leave me out of these conversations. What's realistic? What are they going to do there? And what is that position post, uh, post Jimbo Fisher taking off and leaving for greener pastures? It is it- minus job. I mean, it is not the. It's not USC. It's not Notre Dame if that comes available, which I don't think it will be. Uh, but it certainly is good enough where you can walk into that gig and push for national championships. You can push for uh, big things right away because you're only. It's the ACC. Beat Clemson. If you can do that, you're right there in the mix for uh, ACC and national championships. So uh, plus the, the it's a it's a national championship caliber program that's used to uh, getting the five star talents there and used to being that monster. So I I think that they they have to go big name. I mean you've got to get you have to do something to make a splash. I know you know like Mark Stoops to me eh, is that I'm sure it's a it's a fine hire if if they were to get him from Kentucky, but. Eh, he's he, he's a recruit to a type coach and very sound and solid. I don't think that does anything. Mike Norvell of, of uh, Memphis at the moment, okay, his, his offense is great, but now you have the Willie Taggart problem of never won anything, never won a conference championship. You know, bowl games, he's been a complete disaster. I I don't think that quite does it. I, I, I even though I don't like the guy. 
Mike Leach, I think, would be a really interesting hire, even though he doesn't fit. Uh, I think Jeff Brom is would be that would be a great get if they can get him from Purdue. Someone with an offense, some offensive pop. And the name that I'm going to throw out there right now, which nobody knows, but he's going to be a superstar, is Billy Nippier. He is the of the your Louisiana Raging Cajuns. He would have been the Arizona State head coach had he been a little bit older. Uh, he's only 40 right now. Uh, had to get a step up job, and that's what this. Louisiana thing is, but he is going to be one of those superstar, superstar head coaches in the very near future. All right, put that name down. What about one I throw from you for a guy that's turned a team into, uh, I don't want to say any great shakes, but by what they were to what they are? Dave Clawson at Wake Forest, who has turned a program around in the ACC, what could he do at a Primes position? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's now you're going with the scheme guys. Now you're kind of making the call that the scheme's going to translate. That you, like you said, you took a program that was nothing and made it into something. I kind of want the recruiting part of this as well. And he hasn't been able to prove it necessarily. It's it's one thing to be able to, to use your scheme to work with the guys you're able to get. That's why in that kind of case, I kind of like them to go after Jeff Brom a little harder, only because it's Purdue, but he's still landing some pretty big-time receivers. Yeah, Rondell really, Moore getting him to switch from Texas. Exactly. Or he's, and he's producing with no matter who his quarterback is. You know, so it's, he, he didn't take Louisville, I think, because he wanted something bigger. I still think he's destined for the NFL, but I do think Florida State would be a perfect step-up job for him. That's Pete Futek. I'm Nick Shepkowski. Uh, what are you looking forward to most this weekend? Is it's a it's still a big weekend, but nothing's probably going to feel as big as this past weekend was. Well, it could quickly. I mean, Auburn, Georgia. It's elimination know, game for Georgia. Yeah, you know, I kind of the thing about Georgia is kind of to your point with Clemson before, is that they're not they're not really that fun. They're kind of methodical. They're not explosive. And then they win by 27 points. You know, so they don't have the receiving core of the past few years. They don't have the explosion. Jake Fromm has not been consistent because he doesn't have those receivers. But they just keep winning games big. And they have the, you know, the one flop of a loss to South Carolina, which is obviously a, a killer to a certain extent. But they've got the lines. They can hang with LSU. You know, they can they can SEC championship. And I, I don't think it would be that huge a shocker. But you got to get by Auburn first. So when they lost to South Carolina, and I was saying at the time that, uh, that they could still they could still run the table. And I was like, no, 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 they can't do that. Well, yeah, at, at a, on a macro whole level, it looks too giant and big. But if you take it step by step, they beat Florida. Now, if you beat Auburn, it's right there. You know, it's everything is there for the taking uh, by taking down LSU in the SEC championship. So that's one. And then, all right, Minnesota, let's see you beat Iowa. You know, get Floyd a Rosedale Trophy. Get that. You know, go win that thing already. And um, yeah, go beat Iowa. Show that you're the real deal. Yeah, th- there's that. And then Baylor, who's barely escaped against West Virginia and whatever that was against TCU in triple overtime this past week. Baylor, any chance of winning at home against Oklahoma with the, probably the two best defenses in the Big 12? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, if you see Oklahoma is finding ways to collapse lately. Uh, so I, absolutely they got a chance of pulling this thing off. Um they did, they're nothing flashy about them either. Uh, they just sort of find ways to hang around and win games. But I, I, this is almost like the uh, Minnesota-Penn State game. It's, it's almost the, the, the dead-on equivalent where you've got the team that kind of hasn't really beaten anybody, except they kind of did. They beat uh, Oklahoma State. And they've been doing some all right things, but now you've got to beat the big boy. 
and you, this is their game. You win that. Texas is certainly beatable, and but you got to beat Oklahoma twice. And uh, if, if so, here's here's step one in this for the Bears. That's Pete Futek. I'm Nick Shepkowski. Pete's getting you ready for Baylor and Minnesota in the national championship game. That one should be a lot of fun. All right, Pete. Should be a fun week as always as it's like another elimination weekend coming and going. Who's the most on upset watch for you? Um, would say obviously Minnesota. I think that's going to be the easiest of uh, calls to, to kind of throw out there and just say that, you know what, I was just good enough to, to pull this off, just good enough to, uh, to make things difficult. And Minnesota is good. I, I still, uh, they played their game. They got their big game out of the way. I'm still not a believer. I, I should be. I'm not. That was a brilliantly played game. Iowa with that defense. All right, Pete. Well, it's been fun as always. Should be another good weekend of this, going over upsets a little bit there. I, looking forward to all of that. I think Auburn beats Georgia down in Auburn this year. They're a team that's played extremely well at home, especially this season. So I like them to win that game and kind of give oh, them then, Georgia. Then next week's episode is what do you do if 10-2 and two Auburn ends up winning the SEC championship? Yeah, that's what it turns into. And uh, all right, too bad, so sad. Auburn, um, you're probably sitting, sitting in making excuses for losing the Sugar Bowl if that's the case. Yeah. That's Pete Futek. I'm Nick Shepkowski. It's the College Football News Podcast. Make sure to check it out, collegefootballnews.com. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Leave a review. Pass it along to your friends as well. He's Pete Futek. I'm Nick Shepkowski. Enjoy this week's games, and uh, we'll check in again next week on all of them.